0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Stars and Star podcast with me, Varun Kapiti. This is episode 21. We chat with Girish of Magster. If you have had a smartphone since early days, you'd likely recognize Magster. are probably one of the few apps that were there on the Play Store very, very early for someone to download and read. You could access magazines and a lot of cool things with Magster in those early days. As an iPhone user, Back in 2010-11, Maxter was probably one of my first apps that I had downloaded. Today, Maxter has over 55 million downloads of their apps, and Girish speaks about how they hit a million downloads a month recently and are probably higher now given COVID. On the episode, I speak with with Girish Ramdas, the CEO and co-founder of Maxter. We have an unhinged conversation about Maxter, their successes, the journey of starting and scaling Magster, and also the evolving use cases for the business, the relevance of magazines in today's world. Chatting with Girish was so much fun that we started talking shop right away. We're going to pick up the conversation from where I started recording the conversation, so bear with me. Also, this episode is a little longer than normal because I had a really, really hard time to cut down the episode through approximately an hour that I keep Uh, most conversations and recordings too, but you know, I make an exception for Girish because this conversation has so much information for someone who wants to understand the business of uh, how print is going online, how Maxter is making it work, how they started in the early days. Um, Also, if you're a services business to understand, you know, uh, some of the things that Maxter which started from a services company uh, has evolved. To what it is today, so I would urge you to take a look at the timeline, maybe find some of the topics that are interesting and relevant to you, and probably skip through it uh, and and start from there. But otherwise, I would say it's a very, very engaging conversation with Kirish, and I'd love for you to give it a listen. Um, So, hey, let's get to the episode.
1: And then we did app for Sony Music, we've done apps for Heya Raman, we've done app for newspapers. So we started, it was like a nice, you know, soft services, we were in services business, right, with .com InfoWay. So it was a nice new niche and uh, it was like the early days of web development, where one page website will be like yeah. 1 lakh rupees. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we could, we could charge anything we want one for an app. Yeah. So we're charging lakhs and lakhs for apps and then it was a great time to be in app development. And uh, that's how we got into app to begin with, and we 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 were not planning to do uh, our own app till 2010, when uh, Steve Jobs launched the iPad, and on stage he showed the uh, what do you say the uh, I think it was uh, Vogue magazine or one of those you know Condé Nast uh, or Martha Stewart type magazines, you know, which is so glossy on the iPad, and we are just. Okay, pretty much he was launching everything at that time. I think it was March 2010, and we said, "Hey, why don't we also do something on those lines?" So that's how we started the the, the ideation and creation of Magster. Thanks to Steve Jobs opening up his iPad and showing a magazine. When when Jobs does it, when Jobs does
0: it, uh, you know, everything seems larger than life.
1: Right? Right. You feel Absolutely, like, there, there
2: is
0: that uh, theatrics to it. There is uh, he creates that hype. Uh, you can't deny that, right? Like be it the iPod or be it whatever you did. I think there was that value. You're, you're right. Because in 2013, uh, I was at Jabong at that
2: point. And
0: uh, we got approached by a few players. Say, hey, why do not you create an app for your website? Because you'll you'll be able to do more. And we thought log hard. And we counted on the floor how many people had a phone. Right. I was one of the few, of course, uh, having, you know, been lived in the US, having bought the iPhone 4 standing in line. I was like, you know what I have, <laughs> you know, I'm ahead of the curve and everybody would come to me and look at my cool iPhone. Because again, iPhone also was not, uh, you know, sold here uh, from an official store. There was no sales of iPhones from a store.
1: I think till recently, everyone was getting it from somewhere else. I think, yeah. it was, I think in 2013, pretty much if you had an iPhone, you were like a god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the the interesting part is we said no, because we said, hey, you know
1: what, we're, we're doing
0: fine here. Uh, we'll, we'll think about apps later. Um, and 2013, or again, I, I tried to do something else. And then we said, okay, maybe we need an app. Android has started to... You know, kind of uh, take the market because of the price point. And trust me, we went five months. We had no app because you know there was there was so much happening in that space. So you guys, having already created the app, I know that everybody who had a phone at that time had your app.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. had a Magister app. It was a fun time because before Matchster, we created a Galata magazine app which was only on the iPhone 3S, if I'm not mistaken. So it was not the iPad had not yet launched. So when we made that app, but within 2009-10, that one year, we had 100,000 downloads for an 85,000 circulation magazine, right? And people from Virginia, from uh, from UK, from all over, they were like, wow, this is awesome. We can now read Galata magazine on our app, right? So and we it was, that is one of the thoughts that we said, you know, if there is a need in the market and if there is, enough people out there with these you know needs for apps and uh, right now there are millions of apps at that time there were only thousands of apps like you said everyone had uh, at least a galata magazine app and then of course those users we got them to start using magster and we started with only 35 magazines right and then of course now we've got more than uh, twelve thousand five hundred, and it's it's uh, growing really big
0: that's always in uh when it's a wild west and and you know uh, the pioneers or the first few apps uh, or any product in a new market, uh, typically you get the advantage of being there first and people identifying a market with you as well. right? Um, did that mean over time, uh, I, I know there's a competitor, Zinio, um, and then there were a few more other apps that basically created web content modified to you know just like Flipboard and there was a bunch of other players where Pulse, where so you could see web news as as you know uh, in the app right so there was magazines and then there was news did you ever feel like you wanted to get into that space and then not think about just building magazines for magazines
1: so we actually started off with a vision to become a reading destination right so we wanted anything that you want to read should be on this one app right the name magster came because we were doing magazines that's how we started uh Saying, okay, let's see where we know the business. Because we used to run our own magazine. So we said, okay, let's do magazines first. So we started with magazines. Then we added news feeds. Then we added books as well. right? We signed up with all the top book publishers. And then everything is, like you said, Wild West, learning curve. right? We realized that when you go into books business, you'll have to contend with Amazon. So and Amazon was giving deep discounts for digital, which nobody could compete with. Right, So, therefore, we kind of discontinued even books. We had a bunch of books. We had signed up a million books. right? And wow. then we even launched it. And within about six months of that service, we realized that we were selling. So, I mean, our own customers were buying. It was a good experience. We had you know reading by text and all the cool stuff that you see on a Kindle. But we were not getting scale. And then when we got into the details, we realized that we were selling at the price. For example, HarperCollins told us to sell at Four dollar ninety nine, and we gave a discount, and it was three dollar ninety nine. While Amazon is at ninety nine cents for the same book. So then, how do you compete uh, unless you have a, a billion dollars in hand? So that's kind of where uh, we 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 kind of failed fast. We said, you know what, let's go. We went down that path, and then we said, you know what, uh, let's not go down that path anymore. So, uh, so I think it's, it's all well, learning. Right?
0: But that happens today as well, right? Like the the haptic feedback you get from holding a book, and that you know touch and feel of it, uh, you know gives somebody that nostalgic feeling. And also, you feel like you want to. Uh, you're paying for something; you need to get something in your hand, and it's not digital, <laughs> right? I mean, no, I think that, that habit is
1: changing. I think anyone who's I think maybe thirty plus, thirty five plus has these haptic points, right? Even I would like to touch and feel. Right, being 45 right now, uh, I feel old. But, uh, but uh, my kids, for example, 13, 14, they don't care. They're like, I want to read. It doesn't matter to me if I can. And for them, they use a Kindle, they use Magster, they use yeah. a bunch of reading apps. And for them, I mean, for for us growing up, a Harry Potter book meant it was this thick. Yeah. So when I saw something this thick, Indians got a bit of an aversion. Right, would not read. But now it's flat. Right, you only, it's only words that you have to read, and you can immerse yourself into it and of course the fact that you can carry so much content in in your in the palm of your hand is really compelling so uh, so to answer your f- the other question about flipboard and others right i think um, we pretty much uh, went into the subscription model right so we were not flipboard is a free news app i mean you can just yeah. it's like an rss aggregator right? right so there are many such aggregators around including at the time like pulse and uh, flipboard and I, I, even now there are a bunch of them who, who yeah. aggregate RSS feeds. Uh, and they were the ones who first made, uh, Facebook feed available on, uh, on iPad or iPhone. When Facebook themselves didn't have an app. Right? Facebook was like Jabong, like you said. They said, you know, no app. Everything is on web. So these guys uh, got that, you know, mind share of the customer by allowing Facebook and Twitter beautifully laid out in their flipboard uh, app. So I think everyone comes with their, you know, secret sauce at the right time. And ours continues to be only subscription business. And uh, till 2015, we were actually only selling single copies and subscriptions of magazines. And only in Jan 2015 did we launch the Magster Gold, Read All You Can. So it took about four or five years of us to learn and understand and get the publisher uh, to buy in that uh, what we are doing is actually in their benefit. And now we are not only uh, the world leader in magazines and newspapers, but a year back, we also launched newspapers. So now we have newspapers, magazines, a lot of book publishers are in touch with us to go back to say, why don't you add books as well? So I think it all needs a critical mass and the right time for for us to, you know, go into these, uh, these verticals. And uh, I think newspaper, if coming to think of it now, we should have done it before, but uh, never too late. So uh, we've got a big chunk of users uh, now reading daily on Maxster. Earlier, magazines would be weekly or monthly. Now our daily active users have gone through the roof uh, thanks to newspapers because people come back every day to read the news. Um, you know, we,
0: we jump straight into the conversation. Firstly, welcome to the show. Uh, you know, Girish, so uh, you're the current CEO at Maxter? Yeah. And you have a co-founder who yeah. also has built to the And how are you guys, uh, you know, you just mentioned, you know, your apps have gone through the roof. Uh, at least the downloads and leads have gone through the roof given COVID and everybody reading newspapers. Is that the case? Is that how you're looking at?
1: Yeah, we've actually seen a big shift in habits in the last two months yeah. uh, because of COVID. I think print content uh, is great to read. We, have, we love the print uh, media. Uh, except that uh, it's not getting delivered right now because of the lockdowns, because of various reasons. So a lot of print publishers are reducing the print circulation, but scrambling to move to digital. So a couple of things are happening. One is user habits are changing because they're not getting it. I mean, classic example, my mom, 77 years old, uh, Maxter owner's mother, uh, still read in print till last month. And when her favorite uh, newspapers didn't reach home, she came and said, you know, how do I get these on my mobile? And I said, you know, we run Maxter, right? So uh, she's uh, like, yeah, uh, but I don't know how to get newspapers there. So then I, she became a paid customer uh, about a month and a half ago. So it took nine years and being owner's mother to even figure out. Uh, but then she did. And now she's reading every day, multiple newspapers, not just the one that, or two that she subscribed. And then she actually believes that uh, this is pretty cool. So finally, I've become useful.
0: Uh, in the household. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're on the topic of COVID and, and its impact, um, I, I know you're a active fitness enthusiast. Uh, I, I read somewhere that you had uh, gold medals in, in rifle shooting. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you still continuing all of that? <laughs> How are you doing it in lockdown? So, uh,
1: so uh, my rifle shooting days are kind of over. But I've got my kids to sh- start shooting. So they've actually won some medals in the in the junior category as, as of now. And wow. uh, one of my contemporaries, I mean, I used to be a rifle shooter. I don't know if you know the difference between rifle and pistol. I mean, rifles are these huge things you carry in both hands and it's five kilos each. And it's it's, it's a very uh, different animal. Pistol shooters like James Bond, you come with a small briefcase, you put your gun there, you shoot, you win a bunch of medals and then you go back. Right. So always when we were rifle shooters growing up, we always looked at the pistol shooters and said, why are we not doing that? But since we had gone down the path of rifle shooting and we were doing really well and we enjoyed uh, what we did, we kind of stuck to that. But when the choice came for the kids and said, "You have the, we have rifles at home, right? These are match uh, weapons, which sure. we use and they've, they've used to win um, uh, so many medals uh, and they still work very well and they're even now being used globally. So we said, you know what? I told my wife that, you know what? I don't want my daughter and son to carry these humongous things and walk around airports and go around. Internationally, if they are yeah. even choosing that path, and uh, we switch them to pistol shooting. Okay. So, so they actually shoot the pistols uh, uh, as we speak, though they're 13 and 14. And uh, it's been great to watch them, and they do uh, what is what's called dry practice during the lockdown. They cannot shoot, obviously, but they hold their guns in hand and then they aim at a, a, a target on the wall, and they can just practice on a daily basis. And they're doing it, which is surprising because they like what they're doing. Nice. Right. And of course, I think. Uh, added to the fact that uh, they're also playing PUBG and Counter Strike and all that, actually holding a real <laughs> gun in hand is uh, gives them uh, some reality to what they're doing on these uh, uh, on these gaming platforms.
0: I-, I was going to say, like, can you use the Wii to do the same thing, or do you actually need the rifle? At- <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you actually have to have the weapon because only then you can do it in in a, in real life, in a competition. But, yeah, I'm sure they'll find ways to make that virtual as well. And I'm sure right now there'll be somebody thinking of a technology where everyone's at home. Yeah. You have your gun connected to the system and you <laughs> aim at an imaginary target and click. And uh, it scores. Virtually, so it, it shows you. Yeah, it shows everything there. I'm sure that's coming up. I think there's always these things. So, yeah, so we try to be uh, active even during the lockdown. Yes. Nice. So... Uh, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, I, I've done some mountaineering. I've climbed a a 14er, uh, Mount Yale in the U.S. Right, okay. that was about many hours of trekking without that much of practice. I thought, okay, mountain. I mean, we can climb a mountain, right? It was really. Uh, Towards the end, I was like, I I'm gonna die before I reach the top. But then, when you reach the top, it's like you've you've been there, you've done that. It, it's really amazing. It's the same thing with like marathon, right? I've I took some four, five months. Uh, my co-founder and I used to run 5K, 10K all mm-hmm. the time. But then running a 42K marathon was like pretty much a uh, like pinnacle of running, right? Of a uh, long distance. So in 2014, we uh, my plan was to run a full marathon before I turned 40. So December 2014 was Chennai Marathon, okay. which was pretty much almost the last marathon possible before my birthday in Jan. So I uh, Vijay and I ran that and we completed the marathon. Forty-two kilometers. So I think it's all in the mind. If you if you put your mind to it, I think you can pretty much do anything.
0: Uh, it's interesting you say it's all in the mind, right? I had this uh, you know gentleman uh, Gary who worked with me in my last company. He used to run hundred k's, uh, you know, one hundred k every uh, two months. Ultra months. marathons, yeah. And uh, so he would end up giving these uh, you know seminars. He used to talk about a hundred k, and how you conquer a hundred k, and the most interesting thing I heard from that, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same in marathons as well, is that you break it down into small parts, right? You break down <laughs> the marathon into ten k's or five k's, and then he says the first three or four segments are the hardest, and as you go on, each has its own level of. Uh,
1: but everything has got its own challenges right yeah even for the full marathon we had a plan right but as we were running uh, we started finding different things happening right it, it is like literally when you're doing your you know, public exam you've already planned for the whole exam and you sit in front of the question paper and you look at it and then there's there's something that you're not used to so it's always that the, the, the reality of it finally hits you and uh, I think in, in our case for the marathon we didn't really break it up into small bits we just kept on breathing. I think for us, breathing uh, was something which kept, I mean, which is even a smaller bit, yeah. but I think while everything is in your mind, anything you want to do physically is linked to breathing. Mm-hmm. Right? And for the last uh, year and a half, I mean, I've moved a bit from running to yoga. Okay. So And I just figured out that what all I was doing uh, involuntarily while I was running, We just focus on the breathing and, and you know relaxing the shoulders. And all that is actually what they're teaching you in yoga,
2: yeah.
1: right? And uh, being a runner, I was completely inflexible. If I, I couldn't touch my toes, I could not do any of the above. <laughs> I didn't believe in stretching even, right? But uh, now I'm able to touch my toes. <laughs> if that, was a, uh, that was my, my uh, Mount Everest was, you know, touch my toes. Now I'm almost, you know, keeping okay, my fingers, oh, wow. I mean, okay. my my palms flat. So... But it's taken a year and a half, uh, and um, but I think all these, it's, like you said, uh, either you break it into small parts yeah. or everything is the way you plan for it or it's in your mind.
0: No, I mean, uh, even the Suri Namaskar right, is actually many steps and each uh, step has a name uh, attached to it and you yeah. have to t- uh, breathe in or breathe out on each of those segments right
2: yeah yeah. and it's exactly what you're saying
0: it's like okay you have to focus on that one particular movement and do it well and you keep getting better and one of the things that most yogic practitioners tell you is that for that specific uh, you know uh, for example if you're touching your toes then can you make that toe touch better every single time that you work on it is where that incremental effort comes in and, and how you get better and how you train your mind to do that better and i thought that was very profound in a way to think about it is that yoga doesn't just teach you the movement but it teaches you a life lesson on on how you need to actually um, you know get to the end goal which is actually nothing because you have to constantly get, keep getting better and which is why it's very interesting uh, how did you get into this how did what brought you from all
1: the other things you're doing to then yoga. So I, I've been always thinking of, you know, touching my toes. I think that's where the bottom line was. I'm completely inflexible, right? You tell me to run. You, I, my aim at one point was, you know, roll out of bed, run 10K, 20K. And I reached that goal, right? I could just get up in the morning, wear my shoes and start running, right? And people used to call me Forest Gump and all that stuff. But but on the other on the other hand, uh, I couldn't touch my toes, right? So I used to see and all my... As we grew up, I, I believe I was flexible. But then over time, all the flexibility is gone. And then I saw my kids got into gymnastics a little bit uh, when they were younger. And they were like flexible and uh, doing cartwheels and all that. And here I am. I'm able to do so much, but I can't do this. So it kind of stemmed from that. And it is a funny story how I got into my current mode of yoga was actually in a, in Chennai. We've got this lounge called uh, Radio Room. Mm-hmm. So, there's a bunch of us who have gone, my wife, myself, uh, uh, a lot of our common friends. We are there, and then in our table, there's this lady also there. And uh, I was busy, I don't drink or smoke or, you know, un- none of those minor vices, right? Uh-huh. Only major vices. So, so, uh, I said, lady sitting next to me, and we were having a conversation. And uh, she said, I asked, What do you do? She said, I'm a yoga instructor. So, I said, Wow. So, do you go to people's houses to teach? Because my wife and I have been talking about yoga for a while. and. And one of our closest friends also is a yoga instructor, but she has moved to the other end of town. Uh, so then, so we started talking and I said, if you are able to come home to teach, because I've got erratic times, being a startup and being an entrepreneur, you can't go on to specific times of your life. So I said, you know, we need somebody who can come home. And literally this was a Saturday night. And on Monday morning, we had the first class. And uh, it's it's really been great. She's Her name is Shakti Shilpa. She runs a thing called uh, the the uh, the yoga space in Chennai, okay. and it's it's been an awesome ride because she's very calm. She knows I can't touch my feet, but now I'm able to do it. I think more because of her, you know, calm attitude and realizing my limitations also. Right. So now my kids also have joined in the yoga. Okay. My wife does the yoga, so it's become like a family thing. And now we have also started doing acro yoga. Okay. Right. So, uh, making people fly and <laughs> being like a bird, holding them up. So it's actually been a, a fun ride. So we've been uh, and lockdown actually has helped more, uh, because now we are stuck indoors or yeah, on the roof. Yeah. And this has become ideal. So we do skipping mm-hmm. for the uh, for the for the cardio part, and we do yoga for the rest of it. Oh,
0: interesting. I, I've actually been thinking about skipping myself, and uh, well, I have a rope. I'm just coming off an ACL, <laughs> ACL injury. Uh,
1: oh, my God. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I had a surgery and then, you know, now I'm in month nine after surgery. So I'm slowly, you know, finding yeah, on.
1: Then you, then you better start getting back on, on your feet. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that that's happened a while
0: ago. Now it's like, you know, progressively getting better. You know, so you run and then you...
1: Baby uh, steps. I think baby yeah. steps for everything.
0: Absolutely. So yoga has been helping me. So yoga is my form of, uh, uh, you know, physio and now it's uh, i think i'm ready to now start skipping and other things uh, i mean for longer durations i tried skipping before no, but absolutely. it didn't really uh, help um, so in you currently are based out of chennai um, but you also have uh, an office in new york and you run so i'm based
1: company. out of new york and currently i'm locked down in chennai okay. <laughs> so i would come for a board meeting which was scheduled to be in singapore in february so because of our investors, are, we have a Bangalore investor called Kalari Capital and a Singapore investor called Singapore Press Holdings. So we were going to have a board meeting in Singapore in February. That got moved to Bangalore because of COVID uh, initial COVID fears. And then I was here in Chennai saying that, okay, now even Bangalore, we couldn't make it. So then it became literally like a Zoom call, which was... Uh, we used to do conference calls uh, all the time, but then this whole Zoom call was... The first time we did it in, in February. And uh, and then after that, within a week, a whole bunch of lockdowns started. And by March, everything was in lockdown. So I'm actually happy I'm stuck in Chennai rather than New York. Because New York is where my co-founder is. He's in, uh, in West Windsor, Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, They're facing a lot of more troubles than we are. Right here, And uh, I'm at home with family, uh, mothers next door. So I think it all worked out well for me. And I think after a couple of weeks of lockdown, I think my family wants me to leave, go <laughs> back, <laughs> go back to New York. Right? But I I don't know I don't know when the next uh, flight out is going to be. So whenever that happens, I surely will be back in New York for a bit. So the
0: team is based out of New York or
1: uh, in. So we have teams in New York, uh, London, Mexico. Uh, in India, we have a larger presence. I mean, we have our entire back office team in Chennai. So we have nearly uh, ninety people in Chennai itself and then we have people in bombay delhi uh, uh, bangalore and also in uh, in singapore as well so these are all
0: um, i i believe the teams that are based across the world are primarily sales teams um,
2: yes
1: most of them are in sales uh, business development right uh, we've got a lo- because our main business is b2c right right consumer and uh, buys Magster maxter products maxter gold But uh, in the last year and a half, we've been looking a lot at B two B opportunities, right? So we have been working uh, on that. A lot of corporates are buying in bulk for their, uh, for their teams and for their employees. We've got, for example, TCS has bought for all their employees worldwide. Accenture has bought it for all their India employees. Hyundai has bought it. Uh, A lot of, I mean, Roche Pharmaceuticals. People are all buying this for their employees as a perk and. Literally, in the last two and a half months, we've been flooded by a new deluge of orders uh, for people who want to give this as a, not a perk, but actually as a necessity to their teams uh, to read newspapers and magazines through Maxter. So, we've been a bit of a beneficiary uh, at this COVID crisis on both engagement as well as you know new orders that are coming in. So, uh,
0: how does that work? So, you create a, a bulk order for Maxter Gold. Uh, and then yeah. give it to the employees, so they just hand over to the employees. This is the code go and access your your uh, yourself, and then you can. Uh, I would. I'm, I'm trying to imagine how does it work, and and why is it a perk? Uh,
1: so the company buys it, right? The company pays for it, not the employee. So if the employee buys it, then it's not a perk anymore. But if the company is buying it, they wanted to. They wanted for a couple of reasons. One is, of course, to be updated with latest info. Uh, more like uh, because a lot of whatsapp forwards are fake news they want to you know get more mainstream news uh, as as a habit it's also part of like learning and development because it's not just newspapers or just you know mainstream magazines but we've got a lot of niche content uh, which is uh, varying from you know uh, backpacking to cycling to fishing to i mean we've got content relevant to pretty much any area right we've got b2b magazines we've got b2c magazines uh, so a lot of, uh, whether you're a doctor or, a, or an engineer or a, a car enthusiast or whatever, maybe a fashionista, we've got something for everyone. So that is a big benefit that we have been having. And another interesting te- technology kind of piece that we have built, which we are now roll, rolled out and now kind of seems like more uh, needed at this phase is what we call smart reading zones. Right, so smart reading zones are uh, like a geo-fenced locations anywhere on the planet that uh, can. Uh, uh, what do you say? Where people who enter the zone can read for free. Oh. Right. So, so anyone so who enters a, a physical. So your
0: university or a college uh, or school. Exactly. Then all those students or anybody who comes to that zone and think of it as a learning zone would then access the content.
1: Correct. Correct. So we have now, uh, we we start off doing it with like, for example, natural salons, about 600 salons have become smart reading zones. So anyone going and sitting in a salon Mm. can read for free, right? And naturals will pay for it. Uh, We've also got Apollo Hospitals Group, the Chennai and uh, Delhi Hospitals, all of them are smart zones. So while patients or inpatients, people waiting for doctors, all of them can uh, read, uh, which is uh, kind of brought to you by the hospital itself. So somebody has to Kind of pay the bill, right? So sometimes it's hospitals, and for example, uh, Lupin Labs, uh, had done a deal with three thousand five hundred clinics, uh, where all of them became smart zones. Uh, smart zone brought to you by Lupin Labs or Nova Start, which is their product. So different ways of kind of delivering the content uh, to people who have nothing else to do, right? So now we are in current talks with Changi Airport, uh, Delhi Airport, Mumbai Airport, uh, Gatwick gfk so airports are a perfect uh, smart zone yeah. location where people are going to be there uh, waiting and now with the new norms even more waiting time uh, for people Excessible so give them free newspapers and magazines and in an airport it's even better use case because they want to then read it on the flight as well right. so you have you, you can download it while you're at the airport and then read it in flight so you can download 10 magazines and five newspapers and then Uh, either the airport pays for it or we get sponsors to pay for it. Uh, It's going to be a win-win for everyone. And uh, also hotels. That's another place where we are getting a lot of inbound inquiries for hotels because now they want touch-free for everything. Earlier, they used to hang newspapers on every door. They'll keep magazines. Now they can't do any of that. There are mandated norms where uh, less touch is required. So we have been getting a lot of inbound inquiries from large hotel chains to see if the smart zone can be extended for their uh, use case as well you know uh when you mentioned
0: that you know they used to have these uh papers hanging etc it reminded me that a lot of this is because that not only do those papers want to get distribution amongst a certain segment of audience but also they would they would have different jackets right different ads would be on that um Right? So they could also vary pricing for those ads because they say, hey, these sets of papers will go to their mode, right, etc. They had the flexibility to, you know, charge differently for the space. Wouldn't that change drastically in in, uh, in a magazine because you know your interaction with ads is very different, and print, uh, etc.
2: Changes.
1: No, I think everything is bound to change, right? So I think it's not only about print or digital. I think the consumer forces the change. And right now, I think COVID is also forcing the consumer's hand into the change. Right? If you left it to the consumer, they may behave in a different way. But I think COVID meets consumer uh, and this current scenario where nobody wants to touch physically uh, any of this content Uh, and the fact that there's a lot of free content available, but people still pay and buy because they trust these brands. Right? They trust this content, whether it's a newspaper or magazine they wanted in that format that they used to for so long, right? So I think uh, one is on the advertising side, those inside the zones, we have options to advertise. So which means if advertising comes into the zone content, the publisher still makes their share of the revenue, right? So if I'm reading an India Today sitting in Delhi airport, and I'm able to put an ad in there, and a share of that goes back to India Today, and they get a much larger audience with zero effort, Right. They don't have to send someone to the airport. They don't have to put jackets. It's eco-friendly. Right. So they don't need to put more plastic and paper and, you know, get advertising. Here they are part of a larger ecosystem. And, uh, and as a, as a policy, Magster is very publisher-friendly. So whenever we make money, publisher makes money. Right. Because they are our raw material. Right. We, we are, we don't create our own content. So we are, we really want to be pro-publisher and also be pro-consumer. Uh, by giving them all these new ways of uh, of you know uh, going through the content, whether and for example, the entire city of West Windsor, uh, where uh, my co-founder Vijay lives, uh, has become a smart city. So uh, the, the the citizens of the city can end up paying uh, a fee uh, to the city or part of their uh, you know their tax uh, dollars, and now all of them can read unlimited newspapers and magazines. From wherever they are in the in, in the township, so we've been able to, and now we are speaking to Singapore government to see if the whole city, uh, country of Singapore can become a smart zone.
0: That's very interesting. How did you guys uh, come across this kind of a model? Uh, did did you model it on something that you saw?
1: See, actually, we we we, we were earlier looking at uh, colleges and like you're right, this you is education institution. And uh, they had these, you know, IP-based library and physical place, and they wanted to uh, put their, allow the content in there. And that was, I, we felt was very, you know, old world, archaic technology. And it's only allowing people who have access to that computer to read. So we were thinking how to give multi-access at the same time, right? So And we realized everyone's got a mobile in the hand, uh, not in schools, but at least in colleges. Right, so uh, so we we thought of how we should build that cat, and at the same time there was this um, U.S. company uh, which was selling tickets, which was I believe uh, uh, you pay a nine dollar ninety nine and you can watch any movie you want. I think it was, I kind of mean, U.S. company, movie pass exactly. So all of us went and got the movie pass, but it's very interesting the way they did it. Of course, I don't know if they still exist. They were in big problems, right? That's uh, but yeah, they spent a ton of money. So, but the consumer benefited, right? And their model was originally, I believe they went to AMC and Regal Cinemas who didn't want to deal with them, right? right? They said, we don't want to talk to you guys. So they had an algorithm which went, gave everything to the consumer, but without having to get a deal with AMC or Moipa. So we wanted to create these zones for like airports, for, for wherever in the world without talking to the airport. So, why don't we make this? I mean, why should we talk to an airport to give their customers free? It's not their customers. They're just consumers from all over the world. So, with that thought, we said, you know, we need to find a way to reach those consumers without going and, you know, tying up, right? So, it started from that saying, okay, how do we go to an education institution without talking to the institution, or go to uh, uh, an airport without talking to the airport operator? So, that's how it started. Right. And then, of course, we, when we got into it, we realized we do need the institution to support it and we do need the airport to support it. Otherwise, consumer doesn't get to know it exists. Right. So now, actually, for education, we have done something very interesting in the last, uh, uh during the COVID. I call it my COVID baby. Right. We've been ideating about education for a while. And because now everyone's worked from home and everyone's become, I think, more productive because there's nothing else to do. Right, the entire team we huddled together and uh, we put together what we call Edster. So, Edster app, the Android app, the iOS app, the web, the entire project was completed. Of course, forget about the years of ideation, but from start to finish within three weeks because of the COVID uh, situation. Everyone's at home, everyone was collaborating, right, and everyone worked to that cause. And within three weeks, we had a functional everything. And within the last 10 days, In three countries, about uh, 30 colleges are using Edster. They're now on free trial, of course, but uh, we will be moving them to a paid model once they actually start. So it's basically uh, the trending articles, newspapers, and education content from Magster sitting in a separate app called Edster. So it's been, again, it's something that opened our eyes to say, hey, if you really want to do it, we can do it in, in record time. Because usually, if this project would have taken three years, right? Uh, in, in this world, when you say trending,
0: and especially uh, educational content, those two things don't go together, right? So, how do you evaluate that?
1: So, so the way we are talking about that is that, for example, my kids are learning about the atom, right? So they're learning about Niels Bohr and you know the the physics of it and what is an atom and stuff like that but for example last week the CERN laboratory in france has actually done a breakthrough beyond uh, higgs boson particle for example mm. right they will never get to know that right but while they are reading about this atom and they go to the edster and they see that hey this is the thing that happened yesterday about right. the thing that you are learning which is from 19th century right or 1855 or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. you then have, that's trending for you as a kid right it doesn't have to be trending in terms of cool things to know, but it is something that will open your eyes to new things in the field. Like, for example, we are speaking to uh, uh, big uh, universities like, which are focused on, for example, m- medical science, right? So doctors, right? So what they learn in their textbooks or their curriculum is pretty much outdated at least by 5 to 10 years. But when they come and read on Magster, it's becoming a research tool for them. So they go to our search, they search for, I don't know, uh, APLD uh, procedure or something like that, or your ACL procedure. Some doctor would have done something path breaking 10 days ago, which unless they find it or it's there in the community, they'll never get to know. So it's it's kind of opening their eyes to these news, which are relevant to their uh, specialization. So that was kind of uh, why we said trending.
0: So, are you plugged into some of these other repositories that house uh, journals and and research? So, we are Um, talking
1: to all of them. There are a bunch of them who won't come on board because that's their bread and butter to sell sell these repositories to the colleges. But they don't have the content we have, right? So, even the journals are printed once in six months, once in a year, right? Our magazines, though they are called magazines, they actually have great content relevant to many stuff. Right. So if yeah. you if you see even a newspaper, right, they have sections which show breakthroughs in technology which happened yesterday or day before yesterday, which a journal will then take six months to produce. Kirish, tell me something.
0: Isn't that industry also ripe for disruption? I mean, this whole <laughs> concept of just storing journals and then you can only access it through some of these uh, institutions, etc. I, I think still so I still think it's archaic.
1: You no, know, it's archaic, but they're they're like right now they they're kind of it's not it's it's a right for taking provided you have the institution buy in, right? So students unfortunately have not much of a say. Uh, it's only the institution or the, the 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 people who decide there at that level, and they're very much embedded uh, for many years, not like one year, two years, like hundred years. They've been embedded with large institutions, and they become like the gold standard of if I have an institution of. This category, I need to have this five subscriptions, right? right. So we are starting by being the sixth subscription right. that they need, right? And then, of course, we can start going into the rest of it.
0: It's called a sneak attack. <laughs> um, I heard recently that you you mentioned
2: uh,
0: I don't know what it is post COVID, but pre COVID, you had
1: a little more than a million downloads a day. Does that? No, a ad- month, I think it was in a day. In a month, a million downloads a month. A million downloads a day uh, means I'll be uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, in a different league by now. But million downloads a month. Actually, we've got about a uh, 20% jump up in terms of downloads uh, in the in the month of April and a 50% jump in May. Oh, wow. So actually, it's been one and a half million uh, downloads in the month of May, which have been uh, really phenomenal. And we have done nothing about it. We have done nothing... To, to to get there, right? We just maybe at the right place at the right time with the right product, uh, and and things are looking good. I think uh, April may have been great months uh, for the business aspect, and engagement is 100 percent more and 200. Everything is in in, in you know two x three x four x in terms. Of, and we've uh, like I said, done very little about it, but of course we have been using this opportunity to to reach our message. So market to maximum so we've increased our marketing spends to reach more consumers at this stage
0: you believe that all the consumers you get now will continue reading uh, how do you typically look at a spike uh, because when i remember e-commerce uh, any campaign or a sale would basically mean that you know we would basically move the plateau from you know stage one to stage two right so you're going to pump and then you know it'll taper off and then you'll have a new normal. How do you look at it in this business?
1: So we are also in a similar stage. Uh, I mean, we've been seeing these spikes due to various reasons, either due to marketing or due to some new breakthrough or some maybe sometimes new content that we've got on board. So we've seen these spikes. So this particular spike is still going on the upside. right? So we believe that next few months, we'll still have a a, a continuous uh, upward trajectory. And then, of course, it will start tapering off, which is why we are now looking at these smart zones and, yeah. and these new innovative ways so that not only will it spike that way, but it will uh, sustain the growth uh, over a period
0: of time. So these other uh, engagements are more for longevity and, and engagement rather than... You know.
1: Correct. correct. Because but we've also seen that anyone who comes and subscribes to Max Gold and, and is there for more, maybe a few months and experiences the product. Uh, they are there in our system for life. They, once they're there, they're there for for a long time at least. Right? For example, uh, uh, the first cohort of customers for Gold who came in 2015 January, still 70% of them are are our customers even today, which if you look at in any, any other subscription platform is phenomenal. And they also, as customers, know that we keeping keep on adding content. Right. So every day we're adding newspapers and magazines and journals and books. So for that one subscription that they've taken, every day they find new things to do or read. How does
0: uh, the publisher, RevShare, work in this case? Uh, because I would imagine the eyeballs and the time would still remain limited. right? And now you're spreading that across more content, more journals. Uh, so more our uh,
1: subscription right. revenue for, yeah. So the, the, the Magster Gold, Revenue sharing model is very transparent with the publishers and they've really embraced this model. It's an engagement model. So if you pay, for example, 3,999 rupees or $99 a year and you are reading, for example, this month you read uh, three magazines and two newspapers, right? So we know what you've read, how many pages you read in each and the pricing of each of that. So the algorithm that we have created will apportion the money that you have spent on magstar to those content that you have engaged with. Right. So if you, it's not like everyone gets the money as soon as you pay. Right. So supposing you end up reading only one magazine through a whole month, then the one magazine will get the money for that month. Right. And most people we have seen are reading eight to ten different titles in a month. Right. Uh, Of course, there are people who read one or two, but the average in the last, you see the last two, three months, I think the average uh, user is reading at least uh, seven to eight uh, titles in a month. So it could be a mix between newspaper and magazine. So which means that money gets split among those publishers.
0: On Amazon, there is the self-publishing model where people can publish their own books and then you know get it in front of people and earn whatever you know ninety nine cents for each book that they publish uh, and, and somebody purchases something. Okay. That is are you enabling something like that on 2 as well? That you know because so, the discovery so is possible. Yeah. Right?
1: So we we don't we are, we are looking at more not of self publishing because books are one time item, right? Magazines and newspapers are a continuous project. Right? It's not something you it's not like fire and forget. It's not like music or a movie where you make it once and you're done, right? So here it's a daily or weekly or monthly continuous update. So but we are looking at user generated content as one of our genres. So we've already created everything, but we have not yet launched because we are waiting for the right time. But right now we are still growing in the subscription business. And user-generated content means ad revenue, and ad revenue is still, you know, between Facebook, Google, and uh, three others. Right. Uh, ad revenues are all focused towards them, right? So creating another ad-supported platform, unless it's very niche, uh, will not, is not going to help us, we believe. But as a first step towards that user kind of community, we've launched something called Magster Connect inside our Magster app. And we have thousands of users who can... It's like a Instagram meets Pinterest inside Magster with Magster content itself, right? Because one of the biggest sources of images in the world is magazines. Glossy, beautiful, editorially curated, an art director is involved, right? And they don't make any money after the issue is uh, it's rolled out. So here, these the users can clip these, put them up, and when people are reading more, they can come back and buy the original content as well. So it becomes a revenue model. Rather than you know just being out there in the world wide web and and doing nothing much with it, so that's something we've just launched Maxer Connect. So I think a lot of things we keep on you know thinking and ideating of innovating, and I guess that process is continuous for us.
0: I mean, if you've had users who have stuck with you since way back in the day, uh, you know when is the when was the longest? Uh, when did the user first sign up? Uh, So we've got
1: users who signed up from pretty much, I mean, day one, there were only two customers, I think Vijay and me, right? So we quickly bought Magster subscription, mainly to check if it all worked in the live store. But we do have customers who've been there from literally uh, the first month. And uh, those days, we only sold individual magazines. And uh, those guys uh, have moved on to Magster Gold, right? And uh, I think we've got a big number of customers who have been there from day one. And so then we've got that, also power users yeah. who are reading 50, 60 magazines a month, magazines, titles. That's, that's right? And a couple of them have even told us, have reached out to us to show how much money we saved them being an aggregator and stuff. So, so I mean, it, it, it's heartening to see that A, we are able to, to be have a service that's useful to people and B, it saves some people a lot of money. And B, the publishers still get a lot of money because more people are using this. Right. Uh, from the form factor standpoint,
0: that, you know I always felt the phones have always been too small uh, to give you the same experience as a magazine. Uh, has there ever been a limitation?
1: So it was a limitation till we brought, uh, like for example, uh, we most of our subscribers, if you see in uh, 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, Uh, maybe 80% of our subscribers were iPad users. Mm. So they are, or a tablet, I would say tablet user skewed towards iPad. So A, they had Apple. Most of our customers used to be Apple, right? Because they were, I think, born in the ecosystem of buying things. Android customers never end up buying anything they wanted free, right? So that was in the early days, right? So till 2015, 16. And then we saw a big spike in mobile usage. Uh, Because everyone had a mobile and I think WhatsApp and kind of those apps moved everyone to use from, you know, feature phone to smartphone. So then we saw a big spike in mobile usage. And then we started thinking of form factors. And then we launched the story section, uh, which is basically an AI-driven section in Magster, which reads every page and every article of content and does two things with it. One is it allows you to search within that content to find what you want in even, for example, today's newspaper or yesterday's magazine, everything gets indexed into that search and it gives you that discoverability. And the second one is uh, curated stories to your liking. So the AI engine we are working with IBM's Watson, uh, which reads everything and then populates what's called your feed. So what you when you open Microsoft and see stories, it will be different from what we I see. So based on my reading habits, that and those are specifically meant for mobile reading. So while the replica content is good on a, is I would say uh, maybe a a decent experience on on an iPhone or uh, or a phone format or a small format, uh, the stories, the connect are all built only for phone. Okay, they're they're perfect and they're easily shareable. They're, you know, you can uh, can, uh, save, you can find there are dictionary features. There are all the features that you would expect. There's text to speech, you can listen to the story instead of... Uh, so, there's all the features that you would think uh, one uh, should have are like night mode and you know reverse view and font changes. All that is there in the story section, but not in the replica section because those are pretty much replicas of the magazines and newspapers. But aren't you able to get
0: publishers to create those magazines for a version uh, to be consumed on the phone?
1: I think publishers uh, uh, today are... I mean or rather they are happy doing what they do best, right? So they have their website where they pu- put a lot of content for free and which is ad-supported, and they have these e-versions or replica versions where they are getting subscribers to pay for. So they don't go beyond that. And we need actually what is in those replica versions to come as stories, Because what is on their web
2: yeah. is
1: anyway available for free, right? right? You, there's no, no value add in that. Of course, it's great to have, but uh, we also have a feed section in Max but I, I don't really talk much about it because it's it's only a, like an internal thing for our own consumer base, right? It's not a, something because you can read it for free as well and go without paying. But our core value proposition is in the in the core content that we have. And those content is where the story section comes from. And publishers uh, at this point are so focused on, you know, making those e-versions and that, that nobody is spending time on this as, as yet. I am sure things change over time.
0: Because I I, I would found, find that that would be the biggest limitation, uh, right? Because when I was a user of Excel, that was what used to really uh, bother me <laughs> the most. Because it was very hard to have to, you know, zoom in, read, uh, and, and, you know, have to do that. Because it's, it's not a great experience. There's a lot of friction to that.
1: No, but now in the new normal, I've got used to it. Like for me also, it was a bit of a pain. But then I get my, my morning newspaper and my favorite magazines. Uh, I can quickly flip through and I've now, I can, I can finish that newspaper in less than a minute. And I, I, am able to see what I want to see. I zoom in what I really want to see. I'll bookmark what I want to read later. And i, I within a few minutes, I can finish a newspaper and I don't have to go and, I mean, wherever I am, the newspaper would be in my hand. So that would, that is a, I guess, a big benefit of having that. And um, and we've also launched uh, e-commerce, uh, which was actually just launched pre-COVID. It's one of those things that uh, I think has died because of COVID in Magster. Where uh, if you go to the Magster app, you can actually uh, buy uh, the entire uh, look of James Bond from his next film, which came from a magazine. Right, So we've got the entire look. You can actually, we have, we have affiliate marketing. We've got affiliate links uh, with the with, uh, links, not the links, actually the buy buttons okay. from different providers, including Amazon, where you can buy that exact products and mimic the look, right? We've got Karina Kapoor's look. We've got uh, Daniel Craig's look. And these are from magazines and hundreds of people were started buying really? and uh, everything went into lockdown. So if, now if you go to that section and click buy, it'll show you the website and say not deliverable, right? <laughs> so we we sold a, a reasonable number for for a first start, and uh, that was one of our discussions during our last board uh, meeting in February. Saying, "Hey, guess what? We've got this amazing thing, and this is how it's working, and already see the, the these are the orders that got fulfilled, and within two weeks it's all dead." Right. So I think when all everything comes back to life, that could be an area where we would still like content to commerce so that's something that we are looking uh, I mean, at 2021. 20, that's been talked about for a long
0: time and I'm, I'm glad some people actually best poised to achieve that because you have the users and you have the content now it's a part of commerce right uh, yeah. I, I don't believe you can actually create this whole system vertically yourself you know and, and, and
1: yeah it's going to be there are a lot of people who are trying that uh, doing it all in one thing but what we are seeing in the market today is a lot of Services which are, uh, uh, like, if you see Daniel Craig's outfit, they will give you a close match, right. right, which which is not what we are trying to give. We are saying if you want those Tom Ford glasses, you pay uh, 78,000 rupees and <laughs> Maxstar will make 3,000 from that, right? So that is where we are coming from, right? If you want Karina Kapoor's Dolce & Gabbana outfit for 4 lakh rupees, here is the link. Maxwell will make 18,000 of that. Right. So we are not in that you know, pennies business where we yeah. want to sell billions of dollars with the no margin. Right. So we are curating it in such a way that it is actual products that you are seeing and at some point we can also get advertisers to, uh, um, uh, to put their products also Absolutely. there and then yeah. sell it. Um, just take a step back, uh, you
0: had mentioned that you had a, a services business which then launched a product which is Magster. And then Maxter be, took a life of its own. Um, did the services business go to the wayside, and uh, or did that become Maxter, or did we keep it, uh, you know, separate?
1: So I think the advantage uh, throughout my entrepreneurship life is I've always had good partners, right? So I think I've been lucky with that. So uh, C. R. Venkatesh, who's my college senior in engineering, college Gindi, he and I started this company called .com InfoWay. In the year two thousand, and that same company launched Galata.com, dot Galata com, magazine, uh, which was where the idea of Magster came. So it was a kind of evolutionary. So in two thousand ten, uh, when we were talking about Magster and you know how this we should do this as a separate uh, division, uh, it was sitting inside dot com infoa. And uh, when we decided to kind of uh, demerge, it, uh, we had a similar meeting like this, uh, which we talked about what are the possibilities. So Maxter was something new; it could, it could uh, fly or fail. Yeah. And .com Info was something already generating good profits and a good business to be in. It had Galata magazine, had a, a, a traditional business. So I got—I uh, mean, we we literally discussed and CRV, as we call him, CRV said, "I'll take care of this; you take care of that." Right. So that's how we kind of uh, uh, demerged. So I still have shares in com way. He still shares shares in Maxter. Yes. So it kind of went both So you both, both the entities, yeah. So both entities continue to grow, and uh, luckily Touchwood uh, Maxer has gone the right way, and so has .com, right? Uh, so things have been uh, good on both sides. So that's how we split. But then the mindset was very different. I mean, I come from services mindset. From services mindset, it's all about number of people you can hire, yeah. number of projects you have in hand, and uh, for example, who's going to pay the month end bills? Yeah. So I think uh, an entrepreneur, I think at least 30% of his mind share goes into end of month, right? So that yeah. entire 30% to 40% of his mind that goes to end of month, who's going to pay the bills is I think stifling entrepreneurs globally. Uh, so when we started,
0: uh, Sorry, just uh, to... So, wait, wait. Uh, that's a question I had actually. So it, because I know that today and I think every day, a lot of services companies want to become a product company, right? Because they don't want to spend that time Uh, you know, continuously looking for clients, uh, seeing when they will get the next check uh, and so on. Uh, They they always have this, you know, uh, point in their life. They're like, you know what I've done with just the services business. I want to get it to a product. What would be your advice for those services businesses? Uh, You know, always, you know, either to get a product, trial a product, try a product. What would be yours
1: advice to them? So, when we did Magster, it was a bit of an evolutionary step, actually. It was not like suddenly we came up with an idea of Magster, right? So, we had our own app team. We had our own magazine. We saw demand for magazines. And our own magazine was actually on Mm Xenio in 2007, 2008, 2009, right? And it was on Xenio even when we launched Magster. And we realized that as a publisher, I should be on all platforms. Right? Just because uh, he's a competitor does not mean my product should not be there, right? So we kind of, but we were learning all the time on on new technologies and new ideas. And uh, frankly, zenio uh, was uh, quite not publisher friendly, right? So that was one of the things that we took up as as a U.S.P. from our end. And God, we were nobody in the business, and we literally within a six to twelve months from thirty five magazines, we went to thousand five hundred magazines uh because we had publisher friendly policies publisher friendly technology we we literally co-opted publishers for everything, so it was really a, a different uh, kind of way to go to that so going back to from services mindset to product uh we like we had a bit of a better situation because like I said evolutionarily we went to Magster, but even then there was a thing saying, you know, who's footing the bill right there's no revenue coming from Magster. So we then went to raise funds right so we met nearly twenty two vCS uh, we did all that stuff because I think if you don't have that either a profitable business which can fund it for a period of time or a right angel investors or your own money uh your 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 ideas will get stifled right and if you're a product services company doing a product you need to have someone own that product right in in our case it was myself and then i kind of took Vijay from dot .com into Magster, right? And he was our CTO and he had his own business he was running earlier. So he had the tech background and the business acumen and was a perfect fit, right? So we were friends and we were uh, able to do business together. And uh, I think you should have the right team and right ownership of that product, right? If the product is owned by someone who lives and breathes that in a services company, you can make it a success. Right? And you should also identify at some point that it's working or not working. Right? Because in services business, if it's working, means you're making more money. If it's not working, you're hoping that you will get the next client or the next product. So I think it's a, it's a, sometimes a tough transition, but it's again in the mind. And you but need to get out of the services. It, but, do you think it's a tra-
0: product. but do you think it's a trap? Because a lot of the times you're looking at uh, all the companies that you're probably making products for, they're going out to raise money. They're going out to do well, etc. And you're always in that view that, you know, I have, I'm have. i in the driver's seat. I'm creating the technology that's powering their business.
1: No, very true. I think a couple of companies uh, whom from whom we fully supported their uh, technology and everything from the back end, uh, both have become, uh, one of them had a multi $100 million exit. We got nothing of it. right? The owners took the money. Right? Uh, they have got uh, large mansions in the US and so on. Um, but, I mean, I think each one has to realize where they where they come from, right? This is like uh, saying the driver of the car is not the owner of the car, right? So, if, we, I, if you want to be the driver and owner, you have, to have a different skill set, different mindset, and then you do the right thing. But then the maintenance, petrol, accident, insurance, everything is your headache. Right? If you're the driver of the car, you just have to drive. If it fails also, it's not your problem. Right, so you make your money. You be contented with where you are, and then go to the next. But yeah, if you, if you are able to balance that, then you you can you can figure out uh, whether you want to be the driver or the owner. It
0: comes down to the skill in the game.
1: It comes yeah. down to the skin in the game. Exactly.
0: Um, from the evolution of Magster, you know, are you looking at it differently? There was a you know, if you look at uh, Amazon. They created, uh, you know, almost they pioneered the e-ink concept and came up with the Kindle, right? Which could basically allow somebody to access and manage, uh, you know, the the tools, uh, books rather, uh, you know, in a better way and resulted in more consumption of that content, right? And people swear by it, nobody able to replicate it the same way as, uh, you know, the success of Kindle. You could obviously argue that Kindle doesn't make that much money. And that's a completely different argument. But uh, is Max looking at it differently uh, in terms of the technology, in terms of you know vertical integration, maybe?
1: So we are not looking to get into any hardware. That's the question, right? Because we have seen that even Kindle, like you said, is not doing really making money. But many players who entered that market uh, to make the uh, the uh, these these devices. Every month, there's a new device, a new technology. is very difficult to cope with this whole uh, rat race of technology, right? So that I think is a, a bigger concern for us because we want to make software and make it enable. Like for example, smart zone, it's pretty much BYOD, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever device you bring into the zone, you should be able to use. So instead of going and changing uh, the, the, the screens or the technology, which in a long term, even for a company like Amazon, doesn't make sense. Right. It's specifically for book reading, and everyone who reads a book already has a Kindle. I think it's it's reached that stage. They tried uh, the Kindle Fire, which is an absolute failure. Right. Which is, uh, I think, I don't even know why. I mean, somebody obviously said you need to now go to the color. <laughs> because, for example, even in our business, you can't read a magazine on a Kindle. You can read it on a Kindle Fire. Right. And because it's color, and you can't read uh, color on Kindle on the e ink. But uh, each one has got its own purpose. But as a policy, we never wanted to. A lot of people have told us, you know, you should have a Magster device and, you know, read all you can and buy the device also. But then we are, I think, more of a mindset of, you know, uh, technology and innovation in software uh, and content and delivery rather than, you know, the hardware part of it.
0: Fair enough. I I mean, it's obviously uh, a very different uh, thought process you need to have. Uh, also, I would imagine resources.
1: So, yep. and, and
0: you'll have to marshal your resources probably, you know, in a way that'll give you. So we, I'll just
1: have to raise uh, another two, three hundred million, <laughs> and then get into the hardware business, and then fight with Amazon and and uh, and uh, and Apple and Samsung and all the multi-billion-dollar companies. I think today, when Kindle came out, there was no devices in a big way, yeah. right? And for books, it was the right time. But today, I think even people are not buying too many Kindles because your phones are sufficient. Uh, and whatever device you have, it also has a Kindle app in it. Right. So you can download the app and they themselves have moved to app model. Though the e-ink and all is still, you know, revolutionary yeah. even till now. But uh, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't, it's like saying I have a Hattori Hanzo, uh Samurai sword, right? Of course, I'm referring to Kill Bill. But uh, uh, there no relevance today when I have machine guns and yeah. smart bombs, right? Yeah. So you can still have this amazing sword, which you can use, but it's of no use today. You can have it as a relic.
0: It's a reminder of the past.
1: Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, coming to the the money part of it, you said you would raise, uh, you know, around the capital, uh, which is, was that your first round, which is Kalari? And was yeah, so first round?
1: round was in 2012. Was three million dollars from Kalari Capital, and uh, then we raised another ten million between Kalari Capital and Singapore Press Holdings in 2013 December. So it's been uh, nearly what uh, seven years almost since we raised the money because we ran the Magster A as a startup, but B as an actual business. So while everyone was talking about GMVs and you know how much burn and all that stuff, we were also burning cash initially. And uh, when you re- have ten million in your bank, you burn more. But then uh, as we started depleting the cash, we went back to, you know, how do we make this run as a sustainable business? And that has helped us right now. So, in the last two years, we've become a cash flow positive and a profitable business. So, uh, though we keep putting all our, you know, extra money back into growth, right, we've not had the need to raise funds again. So, I think uh, it's been a good ride uh, on that line.
0: But do you think you'll have to raise more money if you want to take Max to the next level, or you feel like the cash that's coming in is sufficient uh, to plow back into building a solid company? So
1: I think we we are coming with these new models like smart zones and stuff like that, where it kind of self uh, kind of pays for itself, mm-hmm. right? So those are the and it also helps to promote, right? For example, if, if Changi Airport is going to go live with Magster across the terminal. Uh, smart reading zone, A, Changi ends up paying for it, right? So we get money from it. And B, uh, we get 60 million people going through Changi every year or 80 million people who will get to know that Maxter exists. And if we do this across, uh, for example, top 100 airports in the world, uh, that would mean uh, maybe uh, more than a million more per, per day even. to so answer your initial number. you could get a million new users a day. Right, if every airport in the world goes for this, so I think we, we don't need money to do this.
2: Sure.
1: We only need the, you know to be in front of them with the right proposition, and then and deliver on uh, on those uh, on the on the technology and content. That's an incredible ROI
0: with almost no uh, investment, and they pay you for it as well.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which is so either fine.
1: the airport should pay for it, or we'll get sponsor for it. But at the end of the day, somebody will have to pay for it. So and the consumer gets it for free uh, in those locations.
0: You mentioned that uh, both your investors have basically crossed their uh, typical fund threshold seven to eight years. Uh, do you, are they looking for an exit? How are you thinking about that?
1: So, I think uh, Singapore Press Holdings is a balance sheet fund, though, I mean, they, so they don't have any threshold. Uh, it's from their you know their publishing media house. But uh, Kalari obviously does have a threshold. I think it's somewhere towards the end of next year that they, they would be looking. But I think things are going quite good at Magster. So maybe it could be even be a secondary sale. They may exit and somebody else comes in uh, or something like that. So I I don't know if Kalari is uh, so anxious at this point because we are actually cash, still cash flow positive. It's still growing, right? So there are obviously not... Forget about just Kalari, but I think VCs across the globe, many startups are folded or dying or good companies have got zero business so they are all desperately trying to sustain while somebody like us is actually figuring out new ways to grow right and how to you know expand further so we have a good problem to have uh, and i think uh, i think the investor command, kalari, kalari has always been very supportive uh, to anything that we have done uh, and uh, i think it's been a good ride with them and uh, of course exit is always in a in a funded startup Either i p o or exit is always in in the roadmap, right? so it's either death i p o or exit. So, <laughs> so we have not yet gone to the first one, so the other two are always on the card, so we'll have to see at the right time at the right price, if there's someone, then we can maybe work with someone else or you know get new investors in or something like that. These are all open at this point.: Fair enough.
0: Um, how are you thinking about hiring at this
1: point? so we've actually hired about uh, 10 people in the last one month uh, we also have given uh, increments to everyone last month uh, it was due uh, to the a big bunch of stock uh, in may this year so we have given everyone their appraisals and increments we have hired more people uh, we are we continue to hire as well uh, and uh, more we are now hiring more specific to uh, business development and you know institutional this b2b segment uh, in across the globe, and uh, we are looking to expand on because uh, we see that that is going to be the next big thing for us.
0: I'll I'll leave your uh, careers page wherever I post the podcast um, so <laughs> that people can find you if, if in case they're interested. Fantastic, hey Girish, this has been amazing! Thanks you for
2: your time. Thanks, thanks, you too.